Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to widestmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Does My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met at a training, and our secret sauce is that we and our partners became fast friends. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for couples therapy. If something you hear in this podcast stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions, so don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com to leave a question of your own. Here's today's question. Why does my partner have no interest in being more relational? Mm. That's a tough one. You think? It's a tough predicament is what I meant. Yeah. That's what, yeah. And I saw the pain on your face when I read it. (laughs) Whose face? Yours. Mine? Yes. I don't know that that was pain. Okay. I think it was more like, we live in a really unrelational society. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if I didn't study relationships, I don't trust that I would know how to be relational either. Okay. I'm laughing because I just realized, no, I know how to appease people. Like uh-huh. if I didn't study, because I'm sitting here going, I know how to be relational. I'm very relational. I didn't need to study it. And then, and you know then how was, not to piss people off. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> For the record, know how to But that's also not off. relational, right? Like I don't know how to where that balances of I'm learning it. So I like how you said, if I didn't study it, I'm totally learning it. And it's really uncomfortable for me sometimes. But, you know, like, I think that's the thing. Like, what does, can we just like pause and back up for a minute? What Mm -hmm. the heck does being relational mean? This is what, this is exactly what I was thinking. So you read the question. I was like, I don't know who here is defining relational. Like, what are we saying? So I could say, oh, my partner's not being relational. And to me, relational means telling me every single bit of his day. Or maybe it means my partner's not Mm. appeasing me. Or maybe maybe it means (laughs) he's pissing me off or she's pissing me off. Yeah. Yeah. They're pissing me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I think one, I don't think there is a universal universal definition of relational health. I think there are a lot of different definitions of relational health. So that that says to me is like, let's pause for a minute and 
partners need to sit down and define this together. Like, mm-hmm. What does it mean in your relationship for the two of you to be relational? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I you love just stick your tongue you out. You stuck your tongue out. <laughs> I love that you just. <laughs> okay. And by the way, and I don't know why I did. So that was very, you know, first conscious. I don't know. Like, I don't want to have that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I get that. That does not sound like a fun conversation. I'd rather watch TV. <laughs> totally. So when we're talking about why doesn't my partner want to be more relational? I think we have to say this. To do that requires effort. Discomfort. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. frankly, aren't we coming through, what, two and a half years now of a <sighs> pandemic? A ton of political upheaval, friction upheaval. And, upheaval. Yeah. And, and work situations. There are lots of people getting laid off right now. Like, I don't know. Um, I guess I, I think we have to ask ourselves about bandwidth when it comes mm-hmm. to relationality and what do we mean when we say relational, when we even have that conversation with each other. So, so I'm on, <laughs> a I'm, complex conversation. <laughs> I'm, I, last night I went to this meeting. I'm, I'm on a committee under my board mm-hmm. of ed. I'm not on the board of ed, but I'm on a committee under the board of ed. And I went to this committee meeting and um, I had just waited for like three hours to give blood at my daughter's middle, at my kiddo's middle school. Mm-hmm. And then I had given blood and then I um, was running late now for the meeting and I mm-hmm. shoved a few cookies in my mouth and I ran to the meeting and the room that the meeting was in was like 200 degrees, not kidding, <laughs> even with the windows <laughs> open. And <clears throat> I got kind of spicy at the meeting. Like I really mm-hmm. got spicy mm-hmm. and I apologized to the person who was kind of chairing or heading the mm-hmm. committee later. And I was like, I'm sorry, I got spicy. And they texted me today. Talk about relational. They texted me today and they were like, what did that mean? I went home thinking about it like all day. What did you mean by you got spicy? <laughs> and cause you apologized for it. And I didn't understand. Like, did I offend you? Like what, what was that about? And so like, I was like, no, I was like low blood sugar. Like there was something going on in me. And I like, that wasn't about you. That was a relational move. It was an uncomfortable moment. We worked it out. There was stuff going on behind the scenes. Like my blood sugar was wacko. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so slow that down and help listeners yep. see what definition of relational did you use underneath that mm. to say, yes, that's relational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, it's about context. Okay. It's, a, it's about like what is happening inside of you that is affecting whatever is happening between us. Mm-hmm. And if you can offer me that context, if you can let me know when you're not understanding something, mm-hmm. and if we can come back together to work that out, mm-hmm. it's not that it feels spicy as I called it, or that it was uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or that they were questioning what was happening. It's Mm -hmm. that we actually met each other and said, what was happening for you? Mm -hmm. That's the relational Mm -hmm. move. It's the trying to understand. Are you saying, because I would venture that you were being relational as well. So are you saying, are you giving yeah. like, okay, yeah. yeah so I think both, we both, of you. both of us were, both we met of each you. other. Yeah. yeah. Cause mm-hmm. there's also a piece you're not saying. I hear accountability. Totally. Which I think falls in with 
relational. Okay. Why? What are you, how are you defining relational that would say accountability is part of it? Okay. Um, there's this little girl inside of me that's like banging, banging on the wall. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, own what you did. Yeah. So I think that's similar to what Rebecca like, is saying about like staying on your side, like staying well, in your own lane and she was being spicy. So she mm-hmm. was accountable for that. Like, yes, that was my stuff, not yours. So when the woman texted her and said, or maybe a man, I don't know, you didn't say, mm-hmm. and said, um, what did you mean by that? She owned mm-hmm. it immediately. I, it was on my side. I was doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's so that the other person doesn't, because, you know, me appeasing people, uh-huh. accountability helps the other person not try to take on too much of it. Like, oh, it was my fault. It was my fault. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that or something. Mm-hmm. How am I doing, Jules? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Here's what I think. Here's what yeah. I'm thinking is I think we could probably, each one of us on this podcast, have our own personal definition of what relational is. And that we could lay them over each other and they'd Mm -hmm. probably form a Venn diagram, you know, like those circles (laughs) where they overlap and probably it's somewhere in the overlap that we're going to get a little bit closer to what we mean when we say what's relational. And Mm -hmm. I think if you're going to engage with this um, conversation with your partner, it might be helpful to go away and write maybe a little bit, even a couple of words or phrases. It doesn't have to be like a whole article or journal entry or anything, but even like five words that you think would meet the definition for relational mm. for you. And then you could come together and see where do our definitions of overlap, overlap mm-hmm. and where they don't, it gives me a map into what's stuff about to you. you and where they do, it gives us a map into how to hold us. Yeah. So I can hold you well in your version of it that doesn't overlap with mine if I choose to, right? Mm-hmm. And we can create a little bit more clarity about what exactly does this mean to us? Because my guess is we jump really fast to assuming, well, my partner doesn't want to get relational before we've stopped and defined what does that mean to me? What does that mean to them? Yeah, is I was there just enough about the question overlap? again. Mm-hmm. Um, that I could even make that claim they don't want to be. Maybe they right. are being relational to them. I was just, yeah. And they're not being relational mm-hmm. to me. And so, and the problem is we've never had a more clear discussion around that. So like if I were to define it, I would say, oh, I such, I'm such a neuroscience geek, man. I lean, mm-hmm. here's what I'm leaning into. I'm leaning into the complex processes that happen in the prefrontal cortex <laughs> on the right hemisphere of your brain. Specifically, which part? <laughs> no, just I did say specifically which part. Not even within that. No, I mean, like, there's complex processes happening in general in that area of the brain that are... Mm-hmm that are catching surprise, that are catching um, moment to moment experience and that are able to help regulate some of your subcortical system. So when I lean in that way, I say, okay, well, an integrated brain is more relational because a less integrated brain actually loses a little bit, not of, it's not a function, but you can't access those skills that that right prefrontal cortex is so good at. Mm -hmm. 
So then I would say, okay, so when we say integrated, what do we mean? And I'm thinking about Dan Siegel's um, map for uh, increasing integration in any complex system, whether that's a beehive or a cloud or a brain, and that's faces, Mm -hmm. flexible, adaptive, coherent, energized, and stable. So I can break those down. Um, Stable, even though things are moving around, you can count on me still being there. Flexible, Mm -hmm. I know you can't always be 100% in an intimate conversation with me. You just got laid off from your job. Let's just hold you in the stress and watch some Netflix. Um, (laughs) Right? Energize. I'm actually using the energy between us, the energy within me to feed back and forth between the energy and you. And that helps enrich our lives. Um, Adaptive that we can move together to support each other, to support what our family's doing, to support uh, how our relationship is going and coherent that we have some sort of understanding. Um, and I don't, it's not, it's not like a cognitive understanding. It's like, mm-hmm. it makes internal sense. It's like, yes. it makes internal sense. So I would kind of lean into that definition of it is that I'm wondering, mm-hmm. are my moves fitting are my moves fitting flexibility and stability simultaneously which is not that's a, that's a complex me. task right it's a very so you need an integrated task. brain to do yeah. it mm-hmm. so um when i think about relational moves i'm just thinking about well what is relationality i would say oh it's really getting that i have influence and no control and living mm-hmm. in the truth of that, which means I own how I influence you. And I also know I cannot manage or manipulate you. Not really. Because I don't control what's happening inside of you. Mm-hmm. So if we could live from that space, I have influence but no control. Then I can use my influence in empowered ways to ask for more or mm-hmm. share vulnerability mm-hmm. or be thoughtful about how what I just said impacted you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on the other end of it, I can also hear what you're asking for and tell mm-hmm. you how I can meet you there. And let you influence and, me. Right. And, and <laughs> let you know when I, when like there's an obstacle and I can't meet you there for some reason, mm-hmm. but I'm still listening and I'm attentive to the fact that like that's a thing between us. Totally. Right. And like, can we just notice, like, I am imagining a sweet cartoon of my husband going like this. He's beating his head against a wall. And in the, in the thought bubble, it goes more talking, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. So I want us to be thoughtful about one, when we're, when we're asking this question, I think we're saying, well, what is relationality? Are you actually defining it the same? Mm-hmm. And then two is, remember, this actually takes a significant amount of effort. Yeah. Especially on the front end while you're building, like, what is our map of how to do this well together? And so it could be that they're tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just occurred to me, too. It could be that... Um... By the way, Adam is great at talking to me, but we also have a joke where when we're both exhausted, he looks at me and he like makes this cute little side <laughs> face and he goes, want to talk about our feelings? <laughs> like, it. no, I don't. 
It could trying be really that your hard partner, not to snort. I, <laughs> <laughs> the partner in the question that doesn't want to be relational by, you know, the questioner's interpretation, it could be that's not the kind of relationship they're looking for as well. Mm-hmm. Like they could mm-hmm. be satisfied in this level of relationship that they have right now. And the questioner wants more or deeper or different. Mm-hmm. So I just want to throw that out there too, that they yeah, might totally. just not want it. And we might be at different stages in different right. moments in our yes. lives. So I think about like helping couples who just had a baby mm-hmm. and they're wondering about like where their passion's gone and their kid is four months old. Like, I'll tell you where your passion's gone. The 35 <laughs> extra hours a week of work that you just added to your life to take care of the infant. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say 35? 35 extra hours a week on average of actual active caretaking, like changing a diaper, getting a bottle ready. I was going to say that doesn't sound like enough. 35. Well, no, this doesn't count the holding time. Okay. Because I'm sitting there like it's like 24 <laughs> seven at some point. So. It is 24 yeah. seven. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about like research that's been done. Okay. Well, so, I figured you were. That's why I was yeah. like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> another element stuff. in here that I'm thinking of too, though. Like, and, and I see this a lot when people come to me at the end of their relationship at mm. the, like before mm. they end a relationship or as they're considering ending relationships, something I witness a lot is that people are like, we are not being relational. Something's wrong there. This doesn't feel good. And then mm-hmm. what they start to discover is they're kind of out of alignment with relationship with themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people do a big reckoning work around like, who am I? Can I do I have a relationship with me? And then they bring that either back to the relationship or they dissolve mm-hmm. the relationship or they bring it into a new relationship or that movement happens, but it starts on some level with them questioning, like, what's my relationship with myself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of relationship do I want to have? Am I present with me? Mm-hmm. And some people don't want to do that. Or don't have the capacity to. Sure. Or, you know, maybe it's desire. Maybe it's capacity. Maybe it's not something else. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's don't feel safe to. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking this question, one, everybody in the relationship can you turn and check out their relationship with themselves. Mm-hmm. Two, you could share with each other your definitions of what we mean when we say relational, what we mean when we say intimate, what we mean when we say close, use the word you like. And then three, you can check out, oh, what um U-turns can you make internally in you that are going to help you stay inside your definition on your mm-hmm. side of the line? And then see if your partner stays in their definition that you guys have come up with together, that you've kind of co-created. And then you can say, oh, how am I going to double check this? And you can create a little plan for yourself. Yeah. Love it. No, I was just going to say that. I love that idea. Mm. All right. Take That's care. it for today. <laughs> Bye-bye. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at one of our workshops. You'll find our next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you can ask us your questions? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com 
to either write in or record your question for a future episode. And here are some gratitudes. Thanks to Al Hoverman, our sound editor and podcast production magic maker. Thanks to every one of you who has joined us for our workshops in the past. We've learned so much from all of you. And thanks to everyone who's reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help others to find the show. Take care of each other best you can. See you next time. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.